Morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Thank you. Welcome to our service this morning. Those of you here in church, great to see you here in such a lovely morning. If you're watching from home, I hope you have great joy in joining with us. I want to also welcome this morning to our pulpit, Reverend Alvin Little. Alvin has been with us on numerous occasions in the past. And Alvin, it's great to see you back in the pulpit. Thank you so much. And thank you for looking after us during Mark's holiday break. Thank you so much, Alvin. You're very, very welcome. Mark is due back tomorrow, so his holiday finishes effectively today. Uh, tomorrow night, PW Circle of Friends, meeting in church at 7 o'clock. Uh, you're all very welcome. And the special guest is our own Brian Fitzsimons here. Uh, Brian will be talking about some World War II events at that meeting, very appropriately timed at this time of the year. Men's Fellowship Breakfast is next Saturday morning at 8 o'clock in Bangor Golf Club. Uh, special guest is Lindsay Conway. He's the recently retired Director of Social Services to the Presbyterian Church. So I'd encourage all members, all male members of the congregation to come along, please. And for catering purposes, would you please give your name to Bill Aiken so that he can inform the caterers. Next Sunday, the 14th, is Remembrance Sunday, and the service will be led by the Reverend Shaw. Following the service, there will be soup lunch in the Bradley Hall. And for catering purposes, Muriel needs some guidance. So if you have a word with Muriel this morning, if you intend coming to the soup lunch, and she will get your name down and get a note of numbers and so on. And any donations made at that service will go to church funds. And the last thing I want to say is, we apologize this morning that we have no orders of service for you. Uh, Rini unfortunately tested positive earlier this week and clearly is not at work. So I'm sure we can all follow Alvin very easily. Alvin, it's all yours. Thank you Thank so you. much. Thank you. Morning, everyone. Great to be back up here with you again. Like it's such a privilege, isn't it? Like it's such a joy just to worship God. And like he's everything to us. He's our Father. He's our Savior. He's our Lord. He's our, our King. He's our, our everything. And, and you know, sometimes we say that what we do in here on a Sunday morning has got to make a difference when we get out through those doors and live our lives on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. It's isn't that true? Yeah, three people think it's true. That's great. That's good. So, but it's also true that how you lived your life in the past week will powerfully affect your ability to worship God wholeheartedly this morning. Because this much is true, uh, when you and I came through those doors today, we carried into this room all kinds of stuff from the past week. All kinds of unspoken worries or fears or hurts or anxieties or, or heartaches. In the past week, all of us have said things that probably we wish that we hadn't said. We have maybe done things that we wish that we hadn't done or at least wish we'd done differently. And there are things that we meant to say and meant to do that we didn't follow through on, and perhaps it's left someone with bruises and hurts, someone that you know, someone that you care about. 
So today in our service, we're thinking about um, prayer. I think it'll come up in the PowerPoint, a wee slide, yeah? Uh, Lord, teach us to pray. I just thought we'd carry on with Mark's um, series. But, but before we get into it, I, I just would love us to take a few moments of quietness. And I'd love you just to press into the Father's presence in prayer. And I'd love you, if you're able, at some level, to confess the, the, the brokenness in your life and to ask again for his forgiveness and, and wash it so that we're clean and so that we're washed and so that then we can powerfully uh, enter into worship and really give ourselves a whole heart to him. So let, 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 let me draw you and let, let's take a wee moment of prayer. Let's, let's be quiet together. Just, just bow your heads, open your hearts to God and, and just think about the past week. Just the relationships that you were involved with. And just think about what you carried in through those doors into this room and what's sitting on your heart right now. Father, as we come into your presence, we crave your presence more than anything, just to feel your presence in this room as we gather to worship. Lord, we want to hear your voice speaking quietly but powerfully into our minds and to our spirits. And we want to experience your grace and your kindness as we openly admit to you things from this past week that haven't been the way that we want them to be and certainly aren't the way that you want them to be. And so we come in the only way that we really know how through that precious name of Jesus and through his precious work upon the cross and all that he has done for us and all that he's won for us there. Lord Jesus, would you please come and wash away our sins, make us clean as we turn afresh to you this morning. And just open our hearts to you and ask for your forgiveness and seek a different direction to go in. And Holy Spirit, precious Holy Spirit, we give you permission to come and work in us and to deal with us however you wish to do so this morning. Just but bring us to a place of deeper surrender and to a point of willing obedience to you, Lord, so that, that you can truly have your way in us as a church community. And that we will go out through these doors this week and we will be significantly impacted and changed by gathering to worship this morning. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Lord. And our hearts are open to you. Let's make them sensitive, warm, loving as we engage in worship. In Jesus' precious name, amen. God be the glory, great things he has done, so loved he the world that he gave us his son. Let's stand, let's worship with joy together. Let's do that.
super great. So, uh, uh, boys and girls, I see one or two, so that's good. So, I brought my friend to church with me. He didn't really want to get out of bed, to be truthful, but I kind of told him that he had to come. So, here he is. And he's a very happy wee chap. He's called Bertie, and he's a really happy wee guy. And this week, he's been particularly happy. Not just because there's sweets in front of him, because he loves sweets. So, um, but so if any boy and girl would like some sweets, um, if you answer a question for Bertie, yeah, yeah, you, you'll share your sweets with him. Great, good stuff, okay. So, why do you think Bertie has been particularly happy in the past week? Think about this path. Yep. He's been off school. Great stuff. There you are. Okay, good man. Oh, sorry. Great. He's off school. That's made Bertie really happy. What? You, you, you don't want your brain to rust? No, you don't want your brain to rust a week off school. So, so you got some questions for the boys and girls? Yeah, okay. So boys and girls, he's got some questions for you. I think they'll come up in PowerPoint, hopefully, for us. Will they, Bertie? Yep. Super. Great. So I made them dead easy. At least the first ones are dead easy. None of them's hard. Should they not? No, no. Okay, so we asked them the first question. Okay, so boys and girls, when we close our eyes and talk to God, what is that called? What's it called when we... Yep. Praying. Super job. Good job. Great job. Super. You should have been playing rugby for Ireland yesterday. You were really good catch, good catch. Okay, so that was an easy one, wasn't it? Yeah, I know, you don't want to make it too hard. Okay, so, oh, sorry, number two. Um, Jesus taught his disciples a simple prayer, and we call it the... Anybody else? I know I see him. All right, okay. So what is it? Lord's Prayer, brilliant, oh, super job, Lord's Prayer, because it was Jesus the Lord who taught us a prayer. I really call it the Disciples' Prayer because it's really for us, isn't it? Okay, number three, Uh, can you think of anyone in the Bible who prayed? Anybody think of anyone in the Bible who prayed? Jesus prayed, great. Good, I'm not sure. Yeah, good. I'm not, can I give two packs of sweets? Is that okay? Are you sure? There you are. Super job. Okay, Jesus prayed. Anybody else? Who was it? Moses prayed. Where did he pray? He prayed up in the mountain, and he prayed with his hands in, his air, in the air, didn't he? Because, because down below they were fighting, and he was up on top of the hillside. Okay, so Moses prayed, Jesus prayed. Anybody else? Anybody else? Tell me anybody else who prayed? At the back, yeah. Daniel prayed. You can't get a sweet because you have to be 16. <laughs> Okay, Daniel, where did he pray? In a lion's den, didn't he? So you can pray on a mountain. You can pray in a, in a lion's den. Anybody else? One more. One more. Somebody else who prayed. Alice can, can join. Yeah, yeah. David prayed. And where did David pray? Out in the field. 
Out in the field, yeah, good answer, good answer, good answer. Super out in the field. So you can pray in a mountain, you can pray in a field, you can pray in a cave uh, with lions in it, you can pray in bed. I often pray, Linda and I often pray in bed. I know it's a bit naughty, but we do that, you know. Uh, we pray in bed, and uh, you, you can pray anywhere, can't you? When I, I was walking around with, with, with my daughter's dog yesterday, and I was praying around the streets and prayer walking and just praying around these streets, and I walked around there, and I was just praying around the back of the church. And So you can pray anywhere. Super, okay. And we've got the answer for this one. I don't need to. Can you think of somebody who got into a lot of trouble because he was told not to pray? and yet he prayed. Anybody? The answer? Joseph, he did, actually. Joseph did get in trouble. I, I was thinking of Daniel, actually, in the last uh, I was thinking, do you remember, Daniel was told not to pray. What did he do? He went straight home, because uh, Daniel prayed three times a day and at the, the time of the sacrifice. So he just went home, opened his, his windows, as he always did, towards Jerusalem, towards uh, where the temple had been, and he prayed. And, of course, he got into a lot of trouble. Uh, so, boys and girls, if you didn't get a sweet, there's sweets here. You can get them at the end. So if you're here and you didn't, you're too shy to put up your hand, uh, but you'd like a sweet, just at the end, you come up and they'll be on that table. So please feel free. If you didn't get a packet, please feel free to take that. Let's watch a wee video. And I love this. It's Saddleback Kids. You can watch it on YouTube for free. This is the story of Daniel and the lion's den. I love it. Absolutely. Stories of the Bible. Daniel in the lion's den. This is Daniel, oh, hey. who was a Jewish man who was taken to Babylon when he was very young. Mm-hmm. Daniel loved God and followed God's rules. He talked to God three times a day and asked God for help often. Daniel served in the Babylonian king's court for many years hey, I know him. and under many kings. Daniel always proved himself to be more capable than all the other court officials. Daniel was serving under King Darius, and because of his great abilities, the king made plans to place him in charge of the entire empire. Wow, okay. The other court officials searched for some fault in Daniel, but they couldn't find anything wrong with him. He was faithful, responsible, and completely trustworthy. The court officials realized the only way to get at Daniel would be to challenge his faith. Come on! So they went to King Darius. Excuse me, Your Majesty. And advised him to make a law that for the next 30 days, any person who prays to anyone except King Darius will be thrown into the lion's den. I like it. King Darius signed this law, and once a Babylonian king signed a law, it could not be overruled. When Daniel learned of this law, he went home and knelt down, as he always did, to pray in his room with the windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day, just as he always had done, giving thanks to God and asking for his help. The officials went to Daniel's house and found him praying. Gotcha! They went to the king and reminded him of the law. I remember. Well... 
Then they said that Daniel had been found praying to God three times a day. What? When the king heard this, he was very upset. Get over here. And he spent the whole day trying to think of a way to save Daniel. Wait, what? By that evening, the court officials came back to the king <coughs> and reminded him that no law signed by the Babylonian king could be overruled. So at last, the king gave orders for Daniel to be thrown into the lion's den. The king said to him, May your God, who you serve faithfully, rescue you. Then the lion's den was sealed shut with Daniel inside. The king spent the night fasting and couldn't sleep. Then very early in the morning, the king hurried to the lion's den. He called out, Hey, Daniel! Was your God able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, Long live the king! My God sent his angel to shut the lions' mouths so that they would not hurt me, for I have been found innocent in his sight. The king was overjoyed and ordered that Daniel be taken out of the lions' den. Then the king ordered the men who had schemed against Daniel to be thrown into the lions' den as punishment. Daniel was safe. There was not a scratch on him, for he trusted in God. I just love those wee videos. They're just so good, aren't they? And engaging. And, and boys and girls, I just want to say, you know, it's the greatest thing that you can ever do. You just close your eyes, you open your heart, and you just talk to, to your Father in heaven. And, and he listens. Though he's a God, he made the whole universe. He listens. He listens to you because he really wants to hear what's in your heart, what you're saying. So... Uh, we're going to sing a song. We're not going to sing it, actually. It's just a wee video song, and uh, it, 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 it's called King of Me. And uh, again, it just picks up um, the story of King David, and it picks up the story of Daniel. So we'll just sit and watch it, and you can hum inside if you want to, and uh, then the boys and girls can go out to Sunday school and crash in Bible class. So this wee song. <laughs> My friend King Dave Wouldn't let the giant stand in his way He said, hand me my sling Cause he's not that tall My God is bigger and I'll watch him fall You 
the king of me. Super song, isn't it? And that's the truth, boys and girls. It's not just what God did for people long ago in the Bible. It's what God wants to do in our lives today, in your life, when you're lonely or afraid. So, boys and girls, do you want to go out at this wee point? And uh, uh, there's crash and, and there's all the, the stuff. So. We'll just take a wee moment to be quiet and just to pray for others. And as you came in through those doors, you did carry um, people in your heart. You, you carried just things from the past week and, and what you've been through. And I just would love you to pray for people at work. If you have anyone at home, pray for those. Pray for people who are struggling. There are people who are struggling with health issues. There are people who are struggling with financial worries. There are people who are struggling with loneliness. And Father, we just also want to just pray for people living all around us here in Ballycrock and people that we would love to reach, love to and see come to know you, Lord. We just pray for our community. We thank you so much just for the people in the houses and the homes all around us. And we want to pray, Father, we want to pray for your gracious, sovereign, saving work in people's lives, just drawing them to you. And we just offer ourselves as a, as a church family, just take us, Lord, use us, Lord, change us, Lord, whatever you need to do in us so that you might do a new thing through us. Father, we just look across our society, whether it be you know, in Westminster and Stormont, Lord, we see the, the chaos, we see the confusion, we see the, the brokenness, and we want to pray. We want to pray for, for good government. Father, we thank you that there are people who know you and, and who love you in leadership, and we want to pray that they would listen and, and that they would hear what you're saying to us as a, a nation at this time. 
Father, beyond this nation, Lord, we, we so easily forget um, people in, in other countries and, you know, just the ongoing pain in Ukraine. Lord, just feel for Russian soldiers, um, Ukrainian soldiers going into battle today, maybe into eternity today. God, have mercy. God, speak to them. Draw them to you, Lord. How we pray for an end to war. How we pray for lives that have been traumatized through war. Father, we long for our world. We long for this land. We long for this town. We long and we ache for them to know you and to love you and to follow you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Let's worship again with a song. As a deer pants uh, for streams of water, so my soul longs after you. Lovely longing for God. It's just our longing, our ache for God as in his presence amongst us. Let's stand. Let's worship together.
super words, aren't they? Let's uh, read the Bible together. So we're going to read uh, Luke 11, uh, 1 to 13, the passage that I want us to look at together uh, uh, today. So Luke 11, uh, verses 1 to 13. Uh, yep. So this is God's Word. Love God's Word. Love the way that He speaks to us when we open our hearts to Him. So one day Jesus was praying in a certain place. Actually, Luke records nine times in his gospel and Jesus praying. It's really important, central to Jesus' life. And when he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, and, and he gives them this kind of um, outline that, that they can use as a framework to build their prayers uh, upon. Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. And then he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are already in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though, he will not get up and give him the bread because he is the man's friend. Yet because of the man's boldness, his persistence, his brass neck, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask. Keep on asking, and it will be given to you. Seek, keep on seeking, and you will find. Knock, and keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. It's really everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. And then we question for you. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, would you give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for a, 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 an egg, would you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Super. I love these verses on prayer. Let, let me um, start with a wee story. It's a story that uh, Pete Gregg tells on his book, How to Pray. Just a brilliant book. If you want to know, uh, you know a wee bit about prayer, I, I, I think there's no better book, How to Pray. And if you've done the prayer course here, which I think you did, uh, then you will have used some of this uh, material. But here's a story that he tells. You, you maybe have heard it. So a small Texas town, and there's a bar. Uh, I think it's next door to uh, the church. And the bar owner asked for permission to extend his premises. But the local church staunchly opposed his plans and, and they started a campaign with uh, protests and with petitions and with prayer meetings, praying that it wouldn't go ahead. 
However, planning permission was granted and the building work duly began and, and the Christians were disappointed uh, until the week before the grand opening of the pub when a lightning bolt from heaven struck uh, the bar and it burnt to the ground. Well, the, the church folks were beside themselves with joy because their prayers had been answered. And have you heard this story? No, okay, that's good. And their cause had been vindicated. And so the furious bar owner decided to sue the church on the grounds that it was ultimately responsible for the material demise of its livelihood, whether through direct or indirect action or means. Suddenly, everybody changed their tune in the church. All those who had been trumpeting a miracle a few days before now rose up to deny all culpability. The case was made its way to the court. And when the judge looked at the brief, he says, I don't know how I'm going to decide on this, he said. We appear to have a pub owner who believes passionately in the power of prayer and an entire congregation that has lost its faith in it entirely. <laughs> I don't know if that's a true story or not, uh, you know. But I love the story and I love prayer. Or more accurately, I love God, and I love that, that prayer allows me to press into his presence, just to wait and to listen and to speak, and, and most of all, just to be in his presence. Like, what an absolute privilege that is. And yet, honestly, maybe like you, I get frustrated so much with prayer. Like in my life, and I've been following Jesus a long time, it seems in my prayer life I take two steps forward and then one step back. And I get exactly what the disciples here are asking when they ask Jesus in verse 1. One day Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he'd finished, one of the disciples said, Jesus, teach us to pray. So maybe it'll come up in PowerPoint. Yeah, maybe that'll come up. And I love that. I love that... that um, um, they ask um, Jesus to teach them to pray because I'd love Jesus to teach me to pray. Like As I say, I've been following him for 50 years. I still feel I have so much to learn about prayer. Like when I watch Jesus pray, when I, when I watch the kind of intimacy that he has and the depth of love with his Father that he has, that's what I long for. Like, think about it. In, in the Gospels, the, the, the disciples never say to Jesus, teach us how to pray for the sick. Teach us how to share the gospel uh, with our neighbors. Teach us how to set people free from the demonic spirits. Oh, Jesus, teach us how to gather a crowd of th thousands and feed them with very little. Teach, I'd love to, you to teach me that one. But they do ask Jesus to teach them to pray. Like, did they discern that the outer stuff that made Jesus' life so extraordinary, all the stuff that made his life so different, so attractive, so beautiful, so kind, so powerful, that all the outer stuff of his life flowed and overflowed from an inner life of prayer with his Father, intimacy with his Father. Like, that's what I most long for in prayer, just an intimacy with his father. Don't you? So in response to this request, Jesus teaches them the prayer that we call the Lord's Prayer. 
I'm not going to focus on that uh, today. But I'm going to focus on the story that he tells them afterwards. Because the good news is that you get written into the story. So Jesus says in verse 5, suppose one of you in Ballycrocken. So let me update the story for you and just bring it into Ballycrocken today. So one night you go to bed. Go to bed fairly early that night and you fall asleep and you're fast asleep and the phone rings. I hate that, don't you? Does that ever happen to you? Oh, people ring at all kinds of hours at night, you know. Like I'm in bed at nine o'clock, you know. And, <laughs> and you answer the phone grumpily and it's an old friend who lives in Canada, but he's come over to Northern Ireland, but something's happened to his hotel book and, and he's got nowhere to stay and he wants to, to see if he could come in Christ with you. And you think, sure, no problem. Just get the taxi, come on down. And you put the phone down and then you think, oh, no. My wife's going to kill me because we have no food in our house. Absolutely nothing, not a single thing. Like, how embarrassing is this going to be? So what are you going to do? And then you remember, you saw the Tesco delivery van at Tommy and Elizabeth's house next door today. So they've got food. All the food you need. So you look at your watch and, and you see what time is. Oh, no, it's midnight. It's the middle of the night. Oh, no. But you're so stuck, you're so embarrassed, you think, well, I'm so desperate, I'll just go and knock him up anyway. So you go to, to Tommy and Elizabeth's door and you knock the door softly, no answer. So you knock it again a bit more loudly, no answer. You knock it a bit more loudly again, no answer. Then you start to bang it again and again. And eventually you hear a grumpy voice, Tommy shouting out, who is it, what do you want? It's me, Tommy. Look, I'm sorry. Look, I'm really sorry, but I'm stuck. I'm really stuck. I'm really desperate. Look, this friend's coming. I have nothing for him. And Tommy says, no, no way. I go away. My wife's in bed. The kid's in bed. The dog's sick. It's even in bed. I'm not getting up. But you're not taking no for an answer. You're not going to give up and turn back and go home. You're not going to stop banging and asking until Tommy comes out through that door and gives you what you're asking. And finally, finally, because of your shameless, desperate persistence, Tommy actually comes to the door and gives you what you're asking for. Well, good story, Jesus, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Good. Three of you still awake. That's good. That's good. What's the application? So the application, if I can do this, uh, is this. Number one, this story is about prayer. <laughs> you don't need to be a minister to work that one out. So you don't. But it's not about praying for yourself. Did you notice that? It's not about meeting your own needs. It's praying on behalf of another, to meet another's needs, not my own needs. It's what we call intercession. Verse 6, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing to set before him. So it's prayer for another. Number two. Mm. Yep. It's a prayer of total desperation. Verse 6, I have nothing. This guy's coming and I have nothing to set before him. 
So when we look at people around us, uh, you know, uh, throughout, you, you know, Bangor, throughout Great Britain at the minute, we see a nation that's struggling. Like people are struggling these days. Maybe you're struggling. People are anxious, fearful, lonely, broken, stretched, overstretched, stressed out with lots of relentless challenges and endless demands at home and at work. People are struggling with health issues, with financial worries, with global uncertainties. And like, I don't know if you feel it, but everyday life seems to be getting more and more complicated, more difficult to negotiate, more stressful. Like there's nothing simple nowadays. Sure there's not. Like have you ever tried to ring your bank? Or your health center? So, So what do we have to offer people as a church, as followers of Jesus in this area? And the honest answer is nothing. Of course we want to reach out to people and come alongside them in love and kindness and in practical and supportive ways if we can. Of course we want to do that as a church. And if we can, of course we want to be the kind of neighbors or work colleagues or family members or friends that people can turn to in their times of need or stress. Of course we want to be that. But in ourselves, of ourselves, we have nothing. So the only thing that we can do for anyone, the best thing that we can ever do for anyone, the most powerful thing that you can ever do for anyone is pray. Pray for them. We don't have the resources ourselves to make any real difference in Northern Ireland. But we know one person who does have the resources in heaven. And he's our Father in heaven. And so we know where to go to. We know who to go to to make a difference in our society, in this area, in this nation. And when we pray for others, we're asking our Heavenly Father for his resources to meet their needs. And that's the most powerful thing that any Christian or any church can ever do to bless any area or town or nation. Honestly, The greatest thing that you can ever do for a church in wanting to impact this area and transform people's lives in this area is pray for them individually and especially collectively as a church and to pray believingly, to pray passionately, to pray expectantly for them. Do you believe that? Number three, my eyesight's so bad I can hardly see and I know. It's a prayer that refuses to give up, doesn't know how to give in until we've got what we're asking for, verses 8 to 10. I tell you, verse 8, that uh, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is a friend, yet because of the man's boldness, the word boldness means persistence, it means shamelessness, brass neck. Do do you understand brass neck? That's an old phrase, isn't it? Probably comes from a Freiland where I, you know. Um, Jesus applies this to you in Ballycrocken today. He says, look, as individuals that long to see God work amongst your family, your friends, your colleagues, as a church that longs to see this area impacted with the gospel and lives transformed by Jesus, Jesus says to you, verse 9, this is what you're to do, verse 9. So I say to you in Ballycrocken, 
That's what it is in present tense in, in the Greek. Seek. seek and keep on keeping on seeking. Knock and keep on keeping on knocking. And then the, the promise for you, the encouragement to you, first 10, because you think, well, I'm not very good at praying. First 10, for everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks, the door will be open. God answers prayer. He hasn't got favorites in the class. He answers prayer of everyone who loves him and who follows him. You know, I haven't said that. You might say, well, like me, like I've prayed for some things for weeks, for months, for years in our family. Like Linda and I have prayed for some things for years and we still haven't seen what we've been praying for. But folks, I want to say there's no doubt in Jesus' mind that if you and I come praying to his Father God on behalf of others, that you will see God move and work and answer prayer. Maybe not the way that you're asking or expecting. Maybe not the way that you're hoping for. Maybe not according to your timetable. But our Father in heaven loves to answer the prayers of desperate, believing, shameless, persistent believers and churches. Folks, I often say, look, the state of our society is desperate, but we in the church are not desperate enough to pray. Or I say this, a nation on its knees in despair, and that sums up Great Britain, isn't it? I call Great Britain broken Britain. We're broken as a society, as a nation. We're broken. Look at the confusion that we're in. But a nation on its knees in despair needs a church on its knees in prayer. In South Korea, Presbyterian churches take prayer seriously. Here's a wee example. Presbyterian Church in Seoul, in the capital of South Korea, started a prayer meeting 40 years ago with 20 people. How many people are at it today? Now they have 12,000 people at their prayer meetings, which have had to be divided into three different times with standing room only. There's a 4 a.m. prayer meeting, there's a 5 a.m. prayer meeting, and there's a 6 a.m. prayer meeting every single day in this church. You wouldn't get me at it. Is that not amazing? How could a Presbyterian church take prayer so seriously? How could believers really take prayer so seriously that they would gather at that time of the morning, seeking God, praying to God? They shut the door on the hour, so if you're not in, you have to wait until the next hour to get in. And here's the wee question then. What might the God of heaven do in this area of Ballycrocken if we as a church really and truly and wholeheartedly and, and persistently and unashamedly gave ourselves to God in corporate prayer on behalf of this area or nation? What might the God of heaven do for the people of this area on earth if we really believed in prayer.
And, and the problem is, folks, we're too busy doing other things, too distracted doing other things, good things, great things, but not the most important things. That's the truth, folks. That is the honest truth. Last thing, number four. Oh, sorry. Number four. Greatest gift the Father longs to give us as a church is the gift of the Holy Spirit, verses 11 to 13. See that neighbor, Tommy, got up and gave you what you needed, all that you asked for, but boy, was he reluctant. Imagine meeting him the next morning, next afternoon. (laughs) I don't think he'd be speaking to you, would he? I wouldn't like to meet him. But Jesus has deliberately drawn a contrast between a super-reluctant neighbor and friend and our generous Heavenly Father. And he's saying that our Heavenly Father is so different kind of Father to any earthly Father. Like, would he ever give you a gift that in any way would hurt you, any way it would harm you? No, there's no way that he would. Like, if earthly Father says Jesus, verse 13 If earthly fathers who are deeply flawed, very imperfect, still want to give good gifts to their children, Jesus says, verse 13, how much more, how much more readily, gladly, joyfully, generously, enthusiastically, extravagantly, how much more will your heavenly Father give the good gift of the Holy Spirit to his children who ask him? To those who ask him for more of his Holy Spirit, more of his Spirit's presence, more of his Spirit's resources, more of his Spirit's strength, more of his Spirit's help, more of his Spirit's power. Like the Holy Spirit is such a beautiful person, such a beautiful gift of God to every believer. And in the first moment that you are converted to Christ and become a child of God. So Acts 2, Peter said, each of you must repent of your sins, turn to God, be baptized, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit is a gift of God. He comes into your life at the first moment of conversion. Of course he does. But it's this same Holy Spirit now living right inside you is able to make available to you as a church and to you as individuals all of the resources of heaven to share with the people of this area. All that Jesus has done and won for us upon that cross. All that we need day by day to to love Jesus, to live for him, to become like him. All that you need to grow as a disciple of Jesus. All that we need as a church if we're really going to radically impact this area and see families won to Christ and coming in here on a Sunday morning. And that's why Jesus in verse 13 is saying, to ask and keep on asking, never ever stop asking the Father for the good gift, the greatest gift of the precious person called the Holy Spirit. Folks, I, I want to say this to you, that the greatest need in the church today is more of God's Holy Spirit. The greatest need that you have in Valley Crockin today is more of God's Holy Spirit. 
the greatest cry of your hearts and mine and for this community and for this church should be, God, Heavenly Father, give us more. We are not satisfied. We will not stop asking until you pour out your Spirit upon us in love and in grace and in gentleness and in power. Because nothing de de delights the Father's heart more when his church asks for more of his Holy Spirit. Do you believe that? Folks, I believe that. I believe that with every ounce of my being. That the greatest need is just for more of the Holy Spirit. L let me finish asking these two questions. What is God saying to you this morning? It doesn't matter what I'm saying to you. What's God saying to you? Did you hear his whisper? Did you sense a spirit touch you? And what are you going to do? Let's just take a wee moment. Will we just have quiet and just waiting upon God and, and respond to God as he's speaking to you? If you sense something, nudge in your heart, a, a quiet voice in your head,
that has already been run in of course with the course line timekeeper standing your stuff. <coughs> John told me my batteries had died, so that's uh, why we had to, to change there. But, you know, without power, you're no good. Without the Holy Spirit's power, uh, we're not going to be effective. And two little prayers just to pray as we go and do chat to each other uh, as you do. So uh, let's say this together after three. One, two, three. Lord, help me to go out through these doors and with your Spirit.
please be seated. And just to say, you know, folks, I'm going to go to the door, but I love to pray with people. And if it's any help to you at the end, I'll come back up. And, you, you know, look, I love praying with people. It can be over a very simple, it doesn't have to be anything big, but I love praying with people at the end of a service. So if it's any help to you, I'll come back up and, and please just come and ask. Thanks.